From pitch side to print to the press box above Providence Park. It's Jamie Goldberg from the Oregonian and Richard Farley from the Portland Timbers and Thorns. This is Soccer Made in Portland. On the scene, all the time. Welcome, everyone, to Soccer Made in Portland. It's been a while, Yeah, there's the intro I missed. <laughs> there's the intro I missed. How you doing, Jamie? Good. I, I haven't seen you in... in it's been what, a long it time. It feels like... Since Atlanta. <laughs> yes, no, we did a no. show after Atlanta since... Since, the, since our last show, then. Since we were sitting here. in the exact same yeah. place with the exact same co-host. And it really seems like the last three or four weeks have gone by quickly for you and me, for fans... If social media is any indication, <laughs> it's been forever been very slow. waiting around for news to come. We'll talk about that during the show. But uh, what have you what have you been up to? I think you know Vanessa asked the question when we solicited questions from Twitter. <laughs> I was going to ambush you with this question, but you know it's coming. How was the vacation for both you and more importantly for our co-host Porkchop? <laughs> Actually, for Porkchop, it was an amazing vacation. I, I had a good time as well. But we uh, road trip down to San Francisco for the first time with him. We didn't know how it was going to go, and he was. Um, surprisingly good in the car uh even we even did 10 hours on the way back uh straight and he he slept most of the time but he really liked san francisco we went to the beach uh we like did hikes we uh set him up on a bunch of random rocks so we could take photos of him (laughs) that were really cute for instagram um no he he really enjoyed san francisco he got chicken every day so that i mean that's wow that's the number one thing for him. No so wonder a- he's so happy right now. <laughs> Not that he's always happy whenever we record, but no wonder he's looking spry and healthy and all the good <laughs> things. Uh, my favorite Portland soccer dog, and mostly because he's sitting right next to my right foot right now. <laughs> but uh, it's always good to have our third co-host here, but it's always good to hear, too, that you guys had a great uh, time off. Uh, I guess there's a lot of news to go through from that time off. Where should we start? Yeah, there is a lot to go through. Although, not, as you mentioned, not enough. Not enough uh, I, I think a lot of fans would say. Um, let's start with the, the schedule coming out because I, I think that's going to be a huge talking point for, for months uh, because Timber's schedule came out as we knew, uh, as I reported last year. Uh, the Timbers will play their first 12 games on the road uh, as stadium construction continues at Providence Park. Then they'll come back with the new stadium in June. Uh, 25,000 fans. It'll be a totally different environment. Um, but that's setting an MLS record for, for road games away to start a season. And mm-hmm. so I, I think this is going to be a major talking point throughout the season. Let's just start with Tom's question. We have a few questions about this, and I, I think that'll be a good way to discuss it. Uh, Tom asks, will being on the road until June, uh, fall by compacted schedule, doom both the Timbers and Thorns, or will being at home at the end of the season provide a boost? The evidence that we have from the past, not only last season with both these teams, but recent MLS past, is that it won't be a negative. So going back to 2015, there have been four teams that have had this prolonged road trip to start a season uh, Toronto that year only had nine points through seven games they made the playoffs the next year had 11 points through eight games made the playoffs then Portland last year two points through five games made the playoffs and then DC United they played two games technically at home yeah. but they were playing in Boyd's <laughs> Maryland so really they played 14 games away from their home stadium which is why that's not the record and they only had 11 points through those games but they ended up fourth in their conference so there really isn't any, any evidence to suggest that this is a bad thing except for our intuition right <laughs> whoa, whoa. Porkchop is making his making his presence known <laughs> um, if anybody wants a broken dog gate at this point <laughs> no uh, but back to the back to the podcast 
intuitively, it seems like a bad thing. Yeah. But according to history, there isn't any reason to suggest, at least recent history, that this is either a bad or a good thing. Because all of those teams that we just talked about, I think before the season, you would have had reason to suspect that they either would have made the playoffs or, in D.C. United's case, at least competed for a top six spot. Yeah, I think you look at the Timbers' worst stretch last season, and, and it came around that August-September time when there was a lot of compacted uh, compacted schedules going on, and they were playing three games in seven or eight days on in multiple occasions. And they were traveling in those. And I, I think that makes a big difference when you're trying to deal with those types of compacted schedules if you're going on the road. When you look at the Timber schedule this year, yeah, they have a, a few compacted schedules because, with the season shortening um, maybe earlier in the year. But later in the season, they're going to be at home a lot. And so when they're dealing with maybe a tough schedule with a Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, or something like that, it's going to be a lot easier to manage when they're at home. And, and I think as we've seen year after year every point matters but you want to be playing your best soccer at the end of the season and being at home gives you an advantage obviously when you're trying to pick up points uh and know what sort of the standings look like at that point i completely agree with you if we go a little bit deeper on the schedule uh seven of the 12 games that they start the season with are in the Pacific or mountain time zones, which is close to 50, 50, but of the four games that they actually go into the Eastern time zone, two of those are against Cincinnati and Columbus. So there's a time difference, but the geography is kind of on the Western edge of that Eastern time zone. The one short turnaround they have in that stretch means they go to Houston, I think, on five days rest. But then after that, they have 10 days before taking one of their real East coast road trips to Philadelphia to end that 12 game stretch. And then if you look at, whether the t- the Timbers are playing the top teams in the league, they played in they played at Red Bull Arena last year, so they're not going there this year. They played in Atlanta last year during the regular season, so they're not going there this year. Of the seven teams that finished above the Timbers last year in the Supporter Shield standings, the Timbers are only facing two of them during the stretch, and those are LAFC and FC Dallas, two places which during the regular season last year they got results. This could have been a lot more difficult. Yeah, I think this is actually it looks as if MLS did the Timbers a favor here. Yeah, I, I mean, I expect that it's going to be a rough first 12 games. Just, I mean, as history said, even though those teams have, you know, sort of rebounded, the, most teams that have long road stretches start the season. Um, maybe LAFC was uh, did a little bit better, but overall have struggled during that time. Um, I think it's going to be tough, but yeah, I, I think the Timbers should be pretty happy given the circumstances, how the schedule turned out. Yeah. I think there's only one time that they actually have East coast or even East coast central games back to back. If you don't count Houston, Philadelphia, because there are 10 days between them, the trips to Columbus and Toronto coming back to back weeks. But almost all these games are seven days apart. You don't even have very many Sunday to Saturday turnarounds in this time. So it definitely could have been a lot worse. I don't see anything here that screams, oh, the Timbers are going to really be hamstrung by this. Obviously, it's going to be a challenge, but it's a challenge that's offset by the benefits in the second half of the season. And just from following the Toronto situation closely in 2015 and 2016, all of those players and Greg Vanny insist that they were so much better equipped to deal with the second year of that than the first. And I expect the Timbers to have similar benefits from learning from last year's experiences. Andy wants to know, looking at the schedule, are, are there any games that the Timbers should just forfeit, give up, um, and, and give the team some rest at home? I, I think he's being a little, little facetious there, but yeah. are there any games that you know the Timbers essentially look at and say, yeah, that, that's probably going to be a second team? I think what you said earlier in the show about the tough stretches last year were the times where they had to go east 
after midweek games at home. So the New England game, we saw huge rotation for that, even though the Timbers got a result there. The Minnesota game, huge rotation for that one, really one of the worst halves of the season over the first 45 minutes. The quickest turnaround here has the Timbers going to Houston midweek, and that's not one of the biggest trips in the world. Um, it's difficult. It's always difficult to play in Houston, but I don't see very many games here where the team really should be saying we've got to conserve people at this point. Obviously, there's no Champions League this year. Uh, even that Houston game, it's one time that you have to push your players, and then they have something like nine days rest, eight days before they have to get back on a plane. I think they can approach this stretch as they would just any other stretch of the season for the most part. The biggest thing is just going to be losing all those training days for the flights. Throughout the first half of the season, they're going to have one fewer, one or two fewer days, if you count the trip back, to train every week. But thankfully, uh, and we'll get into this more as the show goes on, there isn't so much roster turnover this year. So I guess that's one of the benefits to not having much news over the last four or five weeks is that most of the team players that are coming back have played with each other and have played under Giovanni Savarese before. Yeah, I think looking at the schedule, like you said, that Houston game is a sort of, we'll see how they approach it, but they don't necessarily need to rotate heavily because they're not dealing with the game coming up directly after that. I think the one spot on the schedule I'm looking at and thinking, yeah, I'm not sure what the Timbers are going to, what lineup they're going to use is actually after the 12 game um, stretch up in the season. It's the Wednesday, June 26th game at Montreal where mm-hmm. they're sandwiched between two home games against Western Conference <laughs> opponents. Seems like a long trip to send all your best players to when you have those two home games. And, and so I think if there's one game on the schedule that I, I'm not confident we're going to see the Timbers' best 11, that's it. And that's the week that actually jumped out to me when the schedule came out. And you said you know that might not be the uh, where you really want to test your best players. As we saw last year, there were a couple games where the best players didn't even travel. And and that one just screams that because of the short turnaround, the travel uh, there and back, losing those two days of training, uh, those two days of recovery, too, when you're on plane. So I agree with you that the toughest stretches of the season are not going to be in those first 12 weeks. But Peter asked the question that I think most people have in their mind. Maybe it's not the first question, but it's the one they ultimately get to. Uh, what is a realistic range of points for the Timbers to have after 12 road games to open the season? I figure if they come out with 15 points, they should be in a pretty good position, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... 15 sounds good. 15 sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's even less, but it, I mean, it could be a tough stretch. It, yeah. it could be a really tough stretch. I think 15 would not be terrible. Um I think that it's gonna. This season's gonna have to do with a lot of making up later in the year. The expectation is they're going to be the Timbers have historically been very, very good at home. So the expectation is going to be towards the end of the year when they play, I think, ten of their final twelve or, or eleven of their final twelve games at home, um, that they're going to be getting a lot of three pointers there. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think if they were to get fifteen points, that should be a pretty decent position. But what what do you feel like the minimum is coming out of this? When I first read Peter's question, the number nine jumped mm-hmm. to mind. Just based not only on these road trips to start the season, but we've seen Seattle almost habitually dig themselves a hole uh, without the road trips, without the benefits of having the backloaded home schedule. And sometimes they'll enter June with nine points in twelve games. And if you look at what DC did last year, I think through. 13 games, they were only averaging 0.7 points per game. I, If the Timbers were at 8 points or fewer, I would be a little bit worried. Not necessarily because the road ship were, was taking its toll, but because that would be indicative of a team that hadn't figured out how to be their best selves at that point. And I think that is how I'm looking at this stretch, not in terms of road home, just in terms of what the team is capable of doing. And if you think back to last year, 
they only had two points through five games. But by the time they returned home, I think all of us felt that Minnesota game at home to open the season, home opener, was pretty important. But I think we also felt, based on games in Dallas, Chicago, and Orlando, that the team was starting to figure things out. So it wasn't crisis point at that time yet. If they come home with eight points in 12 games, but have looked like they've started to figure something out, I might not even worry then. I think... I think history tells us, though, that teams can get off to these slow starts and really make up a lot of ground if they figure things out during the summer. Yeah, I mean, I I think that even nine points might feel a little bit low to me. Um, I I think you're right that they don't need to to pick up a ton of points, and and they totally can be in a position to recover, even if this is a very difficult stretch. But but there are games in this stretch that I think are opportunities to get three points on the road against teams that have not been that good. I mean, Colorado... They go to FC Cincinnati, which is an expansion team. They go uh, to San Jose. Um, we'll see how these teams compare from the last.